episode of the V Superheroes. Uh, hey guys, how uh, how's life? Perfect as always. Uh, perfect as always. Indeed. All right, it wasn't. Uh, Got a two. Uh, no, normally, when we should uh, rate you in uh, smileys, it's two green smileys, right? What? Two green yeah, smileys. So if, if, for example, I had, a, I had a proof of concept re- uh, recently, and uh, to make it management proof, mm-hmm. uh, an outcome was not a check mark, but mm-hmm. was a, a green a, smiley. A green smiley. Okay. Or a red yeah. smiley or an orange or, smiley. Yeah, yeah. That was the. Yeah, yeah. So that we're, was we're definitely. Yeah. But it doesn't really translate to Dutch as then we're, we're not green smileys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> maybe a, a short, uh, I had a course this week, and maybe here really short, but if you want to ask uh, a question to your children or something like, and they say, hey, how are you? And mostly they say, fine, okay. Mm. Mm. Uh, good. Uh, yeah, mm. Something like that. Yeah. And then the conversation stops. Um, I had a tip this week, and they said, uh, you want to ask... Um, give me on a scale from zero to ten, uh, how are you? Oh, yeah. And if he says seven, then you can ask, oh, yeah. why seven? Yeah. Uh, then you can ask a follow-up But question. that works one time. Uh, no. No? Because next time, ten, <laughs> shut up. And no, ten, why was <laughs> why? it really perfect? <laughs> why ten? Oh, yeah, good, yeah. Uh, why yeah, ten? Follow up what, on ten. What, yeah. was the, what was the best thing that you did then? Why, yeah. why, uh, why, just is, it, why is it ten? Yeah. So, so okay. welcome, welcome to the psychology <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> about VMware. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, no, t- today's topic is my 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 alley. Uh, yes, finally. So, uh, so the the storage alley. Uh, so uh, within VMware, we have the uh, a product which was called um, Virtual SAN, and right now it's called vSAN. Um, and um, so, uh, yeah, th- this is basically the topic of today. So, uh, maybe a question to you guys: uh, vSAN, what does it ring? Does it ring a bell? I hope so. Viva. And on a scale from one to ten. Can I go minus? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, for me, yeah. Um, the network, Frederick, uh, talking. I, when I talk about network and security virtualization, I tend to end with everything becomes a policy. Yep. Everything becomes uh, as part of a consumption model. Correct. I don't know much about storage. That's another way of saying I know nothing about okay. storage. Yeah. Um, but for me, what vSAN means is exactly that. It uh-huh. becomes a policy-driven consumption model. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Okay. And I can, I can. It's a perfect hook for later on. So. Uh, okay. And and for the other Frederick, uh, you have more use cases with uh, uh, with storage. I think. Yeah, indeed, because uh, of course we have the the, the VDI published application uh, use case. And what I always think about then is. Why is that a good solution for that kind of mm-hmm. um, that kind of use cases? So VDI and published applications, and why it is well um, scaling. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at a traditional environment, what I tend to build like ten years ago, I would say I have my CPU, my memory, and then I have a one big box where mm-hmm. I had my uh, storage in. Uh, but if you needed to scale, then you needed to buy a new box. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, virtual storage and vSAN and hyperconverge and in general, it's really easy because you know how many VDIs fit on one box. Yeah. If you want to, uh, to scale it out. add users, yeah. scale it out, add one box, and you yeah. know that 50 extra users will fit yeah. on it. Yeah. So that's a main reason why I s- and, and tell it less <coughs> around the policy based, but it could also yeah, be but a, it's but it's a di- different but angle. But yeah. it's, yeah. A, it's, yeah. a diff- it's a different angle, but it ends up in the same alley. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the history of storage, uh, and, and Frederick was already uh, going in, in that direction. If you look at the history of storage, basically what we did or what I did when I went into a customer, I asked the, asked the use case to the customer. For example, let's take VDI as a use case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And customer said to me, um, hey, it's time we want to roll out 3000 VDI uh, users. I said, yeah, fine. Uh, so do you have any profile on, on how the how that VDI user should or could look like? Like, like uh, a recommended design? Or, or No, for example, how many vCPUs will you be using? How many memory, how much memory will you be using? But also how much storage do you give to that, uh, to that VDI uh, uh, user? And in the end, how many IOs does that user, you think, mm -hmm. At his peak, will how will how will he run? Some probably, probably they will start with a sort kind of assessment. Yeah, it could be an assessment really digital and, and use tools to do an assessment, yeah. Yeah. or it could be okay. What is your best guess? Yeah, and yeah. and yeah. look at at the numbers and try to okay. Um, I need thousand VDI users. What will you need? I.O. like, CPU yeah. like, mm -hmm. memory like, and so yeah. on. Because yeah, most of the time I was also looking after the, the server and, and uh, memory part. So, mm -hmm. uh, but let's talk storage. But uh, is there, <coughs> sorry to interrupt you, but is there from um, our year longs of experience, mm -hmm. is there like a set of recommendations? And the, the, yeah. the reason why I ask this is um, in another podcast we had, we, we talked about user experience. Mm -hmm. So in let's say somebody's working at a reception desk mm -hmm. that person is consuming that virtual desktop mm -hmm. in a much different way than yep. for instance a, a surgeon yeah correct who does a lot of calculations there on, are, on the fly there are profiles and there, there's a what is it the light lightweight users mid and and high, okay. high performance okay. users so but just to get back to the history part when i would go into that customer and the customer would give me I have X amount of high performance, X amount of mid and X amount of light users okay. um, that would come with a profile, right? Or it was the best guess mm. or they actually had a profile, mm. right? So then I would calculate everything. And I would say, okay, uh, we need X amount of storage and we need X amount of IO and we need X amount to roll out 3000 users because that was my story in the beginning, right? What would be a good approach for a customer that has no clue? As uh, to how run, run an assessment or something. Okay, like that. but do do we have those? Uh, yes, we have it. Yeah. So, but hold on. Let me go back to the history lesson. <laughs> I want to I want to bring it back to the history lesson before I can sure. dive into this uh, <laughs> to, to, to in, into the questions. So, when you have the when you have the history and when you know what you're what you're going to sell, nine out of ten the customer will not roll out three thousand users in one go. They mm -hmm. will roll out one hundred. 150, 300, mm. 400, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, and so on and so on. So what I needed to do when I got the, the numbers of the customer and I would sign a size for a traditional type of storage, mm. what I would do is I would go into my sizer, type in all the numbers, and then that sizer spits out results. And the result was uh, two, two, two controllers, uh, X amount of disks, X amount of shelves, whatever. Okay. Right? Um, over fiber channel, over iSCSI, whatever. doesn't matter what the medium was, but in the end, it would speed out a configuration that was able to support 3,000 users. Okay. Right? In the end, when I gave my sizing to the sales guy, he would go into his coding tool and he would that would speed out X amount of dollars. Right? So in the end, what the customer needed to buy was for a, a project where they thought to will be rolling out 3,000 VDI users, they would buy immediately a big-ass box, box yeah. that is, has the capabilities to run 3,000. Sure. Yeah, so they, they tend to buy for way, the end state. Yes. And even for the growth that probably Correct. was... Uh, yeah. Correct. So that was... so so, And maybe in the end, the customer says after 150, no, <laughs> it's not okay. Not okay. So they spend a lot of money. Okay and they would maybe not even use it. So oh. the worst thing that can happen is that um, I undersized my 
my storage platform. For example, that high-performance users were not 100, but were 1,000 high-performance users, so the, they misguessed somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, I under, undersized my platform, so then they needed to buy a second platform, right? So that, that doesn't scale at all, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's a good thing that could ar- happen. Arguably, for, it's good for business. Yeah, uh, I would say for hardware for vendors, it was really amazing. So yeah. for hardware vendors, it was really a good a good story. But in the end, you got a lot of cu- customers that were not that happy because no. they needed to... Or they were if, if they were not using the the, the capacity or either on performance or on, on, uh, on capacity, it doesn't really matter. Uh, because that th- those customers will not complain, right? If they have a, a box that can support 5,000 and they yeah. were only running 3,000, they're not complaining. No. But the ones that are undersized, mm. those guys, they need to go back to their CFO, back to their management saying, yeah, we, we made a wrong. little mistake yeah. and, uh, and a lot of uh, nice words and a neat package around it to basically ask for extra money. Mm. So that's not a, that is from a scaling point of view, not a good idea to, to add to, um, to Frederick's part. A second thing is also um, uh, those storage boxes are dirty expensive. Mm-hmm. So the disks are not different, might be a little bit and might be a little bit more um, uh, hardening done, well, hardener security, but uh, from a performance and a, sure. and a, and a, and a life cycle uh, hardening on, uh, on top of it. But in the end, those disks were exactly the same as other enterprise disks that we could buy and put in a server. Mm-hmm. Added to that, um, when I, for example, started, I think 12 or 13 years ago in IT, um, VMware was uh, selling is I think it was vSphere 3 at that moment or 3.5. Yeah, uh, possibly, yeah. Um, and then the story was, your CPU is doing nothing, dear mm-hmm. Mr. Customer. So you could basically consolidate all applications on top of the same hardware platform. We put a layer in between and then we will virtualize that for you and we will have a, a better performance, mm-hmm. better consolidation and so on and so on. So right now we're back to square one because right now, 10 years later, all the iterations of EMD and Intel added 20, 30% of performance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So right now they're uh, running again at 15% CPU utilization. Mm-hmm. So we can now move more um, uh, um, services to those x86 uh, boxes as well, mm-hmm. right? Depending, of course, if you're doing yeah. VDI, that's... Uh, I, was, my, my I was already <laughs> thinking about all the things that Intel and uh, and certain uh, processors with the leaks and so on. So we, we lost, again, uh, we, some we, we, power we, on but, that but part. Still, but still, over the course of 12 years, we yeah. gained a lot of power. Yeah. So so if you if you look at if you look at it, right now we can we can basically bring, converge, basically, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of services inside one, one x86 box. And then it gives you one x86 box with a little bit layer, a little software layer on top of it, because in the end, traditional storage box is just hardware with a software layer mm-hmm, on top of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. So right now we extract basically all the all the software and put all the hardware inside those um, uh, x86 boxes, and we basically create one pool that mm. basically can scale on the go. Mm-hmm. And for example, same use case, and that's what Frederick was saying in the beginning. Um, if you have those three thousand users. Um, if you if you use the three thousand users, we can start with one hundred and fifty in three in three nodes, for example, mm-hmm. and then we can grow that to a to a, a big ass installation of three thousand. Yeah. What I what I notice, and, and maybe it's a question for you, um, a lot of customers still tend to believe or or feel that a traditional storage box is better or or uh, not better, but um, 
I would say more available or more highly available mm. or secure or, or how would I don't yeah, know yeah. the really correct word, but yeah, but more resiliency within yeah, the, the resilience uh, yeah. indeed. And and but yeah, that brings me to the to the point that Frederick was saying. Um, also, a history lesson. <laughs> But how you manage software, how many storage in the past was basically, I have a couple of VMs needing storage. I give them a piece of my storage box and I present that back to my to my VMs or to uh, vCenter or vSphere or whatever. Uh, but I present pieces of the storage back, right? In the end, um, we have um, the philosophy RAID 1, RAID 5, mm -hmm, RAID 6, mm -hmm. and there were prior to that, but those three are the most, uh, most important ones. Um, we gave a piece of the storage back in a certain rate set, right? If you need to change the rate set, we had some nice tooling, which is Storage Vmotion, for example. We mm -hmm. could move a VM live or the data live from A to B, and for example, a RAID 1 to a RAID 5 volume, which is which would not be a problem. But in the end, there was a lot of extra management around it. There was a lot of management, monitoring around it, um, how to grow capacity, and so on and so on. So it's a very difficult way to keep up with all those changes, okay. right? And that brings me to the point of, of and, and your point as well, um, how can we change it is basically every, everything becomes a policy, mm -hmm. right? In NSX, is, uh, it's network related, yeah. right? In my world, it's um, how much resiliency do you want your data to have? Mm -hmm. For example, do I want my resiliency uh, being RAID 1, which is still a mirror, right? Mm -hmm. But a mirror not on two disks, well, they're on two disks, but on different hosts in your network, okay, right? Um, with uh, a witness part to basically be the referee if something goes wrong, who owns the data, right? Uh, rate 5, same thing. It will be just cut in data pieces and we will calculate a parity to basically restore in the end when something fails. Um, but those data points are spread over hosts. Right? Is, is it correct to state that when we, for years ago, that uh -huh. we had a centralized way of presenting storage and it's now more of a distributed way of presenting storage yes makes sense makes sense and i think we as vmware or virtualization in general didn't help um well we pushed the limits of the storage capabilities of a storage box yeah i can right? imagine yeah. because it's not only from a performance point of view but also from a manageability point of view we there was storage is not getting smaller so i mean uh, capacity is growing yeah uh, I've never saw a customer saying, oh, I didn't grow, I shrank uh, X amount of terabytes this year. That's just because they lost uh, a file share. Mm, mm. So that, that's why they why they shrunk. But in the end, they lost something. right? Mm. So everything grows. So storage always grows. Um, so in the end, um, it's, it becomes um, overly complex to, to, um, to keep up with all the changes. Right? So j just from, um, as, as you know, I'm... Um, Networking guy, yeah, security guy. Yeah, heard so. So, <laughs> I read it somewhere. Mm -hmm. In the traditional model, mm -hmm. you had let's say ten servers. Yeah. Right. That all go to that one big box. Yeah. That's a start topology. Uh, yeah. Uh, central point, mm -hmm. hub and spoke, if you want to, however you want yeah. to call it. <coughs> um, I can imagine the stress on the network. Yeah, but your network would be a SAN network, so it would be a, a storage, only, storage only network. Yeah, yeah, storage, just for that. How does that translate to a distributed model? How much chatter do we see then? So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a different world, and, and the, the, the networking devices in the end, uh, or the network in general then, mm -hmm. is, is, is becoming critical, because this, this, is, this is one of the cornerstones of a success of a hyper-converged environment. That's okay. what, what we're talking about. Um, so if, you, if your network sucks, 
your performance will suck, you get latency, you will get everything that you don't want in an environment. De de define, define suck here. Well, uh, if, if so for, how, if how smart does that switch need to be? Because we're talking about switching, I, I suppose. We're talking about switching. Yeah. Uh, we're talking also about bandwidth in the end. That yeah. is, that is, we need to be able to push basically packets uh, over the wire. Sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase <coughs> my question. Are there any dependencies of the hardware in order to do vSAN properly? No, in the end, no. Okay, no. so, so a, a dumb switch is fine. It just dumb, needs to be fast. A dumb switch is fine. It needs to be damn fast. Okay. So it's no, you can't buy that dumb switch in a in a in the Aldi in the Aldi or whatever. <laughs> right? We so don't want to say yeah, that no, Aldi so is not good, but no. Uh, but uh, but in the end, you can't. Th those switches are not for sale so our, there. Our right? next email is from Medium. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you but if you if you if you look at it, um, so for example, the world is changing. Also, there from a from a magnetic spinning disk to a, a all flash yeah, world. Sure, yeah. um, so the those all flash disks they can push a lot of of IOs. Yeah. In the end, you don't want to get latency on those IOs. So you don't want your VM that your VM wants to, to write something, yeah. right? And you, your VM just wants it to acknowledge from the from the storage layer. Yeah. Um, the faster you can push it over the wire, the easier or the faster your VM will continue working. So generally, generally speaking, in, in our region, uh, the, the Belgium Luxembourg yeah. region, uh, I, I can assume like I don't know that 10 gig is a minimum for for the interface. So that's that, that, that's what I want to go to. So uh, so for the hybrid world, so the, I mean the magnetic spinning disk, we we still have a a, a possibility to support one gig, cool. right? So but okay, to be honest, it, from time to time it might be a good use case. For example, I had recently I had a conversation with a with a partner of ours, um, and they are um, renewing. Um, shops, so shops. I mean the IT in the yeah. shop, right? Uh, and um, they said, yeah, that's it. they are basically running five VMs on that platform, but they just want to have it, to have it resilient. For example, mm. let's say uh, the, the, the 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 industry um, uh, example is a Black Friday or a Christmas or whatever, yeah. where the shops are running really on a high load. Um, you don't want that shop going down. For example, the cash uh, mm. the cash register. You want don't want to go in to let it go down. Um, because of the load at that moment, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of money coming in, coming in, so that would make it a flaw, right? I would, because I I know a couple of things. I was core uh, pre-sales uh, a couple <coughs> of years ago. Um, wouldn't be a, a two-node box then. Uh, well, so th th that's what we proposed there. Yeah. So we so th that was the dependency. Yeah. So we what we did is uh, if you have a two-node box, mm. you have a dependency on a witness somewhere on the internet, mm -hmm. right? Uh, well, on the internet yeah. or so just for my right? what's a witness? A witness is um, so that witness is is in, in that case in the two nodes it's um, it's um, a little piece VM that holds the metadata of the data that is in the shops. Okay, so there's, no, there's no data. There's no actual data on that. It's not witness. a third copy of no. It's of, not third okay. copy, but it's yeah. a referee in the sure. game, right? Okay. So if uh, for example one node fails or not not even fails, but for example gets a network split. Or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? Um, maybe that VM or that witness VM can still go to both hosts, yeah. right? Then those guys are not able to communicate amongst themselves, okay. right? So the witness will then decide Who which the one holds the holds okay. the holds the master data, oh, okay. right? Okay. So that is basically okay. the okay. idea. Yeah. Um, but you also so in, in th that case we said okay we have a sort of dependency with um, with the internet because of the witness. Do we want that? Is every internet connectivity internet connection from the shop 
uh, resilient, reliable, yes or no, mm-hmm. right? Um, where that um, where that partner and the customer said, yeah, maybe we had already outages on the internet, or maybe, for example, if there are roadworks outside, sure. they, they yeah. pull a cable, things will not go down, but they will be yeah, at risk mm-hmm. because if, at that moment, if something goes down, mm-hmm. then there is nobody to decide. Yeah. Yeah, but that means that you had two failures at the same time. Then you would have two failures, but okay, that's a... That might happen, might not happen, but yeah. what are the odds, right? That, that, that's and then then you so come in the question of and I, I, I know you talk about that a lot is is how many nines? Yeah, do you want yeah. to be how up? How many how many failures do you yeah. want to tolerate? And yeah. but in that case, we now are proposing three hosts, but with one CPU, for example, because that mm. they, they only have five VMs that they, they as, do as a witness. Then. And then that witness lives mm. on site, okay, with the data. In the first scenario, yeah. where the witness is external mm-hmm. and there is a breakage somewhere. Mm-hmm. How do we recover from that? If, if yeah, of course we need to restore the links to the to the witness, yeah. right? Uh, in whatever shape or form, um, and then we will send the metadata yeah. that is changed and change metadata to that witness. The delta, yeah. so the deltas, and that's that, that's the, the only change or the only things we need to sync up, depending how um, how much your environment has changed. It can be a couple of megabytes. It can be a gigabyte as well, right? Depending how fast your network is. And how is. much data, is there a constraint, for example, on bandwidth on, on, on those kind of things? For no, a, there, is a, there, is a, there is a round trip uh, milliseconds, oh. uh, but that, that, that's quite a lot. It's, I think it's 500 milliseconds or 200 milliseconds, something oh, like okay. that. But it's, oh, is, is it fair to say, okay. and I'm just trying to position the function of a witness here, yeah. is it fair to say that whenever uh, connectivity breaks to the witness, everything just keeps on working? Correct. Okay. That's, uh, even, that's even what I wanted to hear. Even, yeah. for example, if vCenter goes down, uh, you you basically miss your radar where you see your planes flying. Yeah. But They're still flying. Continue. They're still flying, yeah, right? Yeah. There, there is not, nothing changed. Okay. Right? So th- the data is still going. You just cannot change a policy anymore. Okay. Why? Because you need vCenter for that. Yeah. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Right. So... Um, you say you need vCenter for for the policy changes, and and that's maybe also a thing that I s- heard a lot is mm-hmm. uh, the storage admins were were like yeah they're traditional creating learns blah 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 uh-huh. rate set and so on. Uh, do you see that a lot that storage admins get a bit afraid of their job or sure and, uh, sure. and, and, and it's it, these are the the for me I, I can I can um, walk out smiling or. Or crying? <laughs> no, not <laughs> crying. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, 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 smiling if the if the admin gets it. Yeah. Right? If if the admin see, he sees the <coughs> the the extras in his job, right? If the admin or the architect doesn't see the extras in his job, I, I will walk out with a sad face, right? The, so the extra value, you yeah. mean? Yeah. So yeah. the extra value, Not for the example, extra work. No, 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 no. <laughs> but if they if they see, for example, uh, I, I was in a, I was in a customer. They had a they had an investment. Uh, they did an investment in a software defined layer, but it was still presented as a traditional way of doing it. It was it was across nodes and all that stuff. But in the end, they carved out LUNs in the same way mm. that they did prior to that. So. I was in there and I was basically, uh, I came in and I was the challenger in mm-hmm. that case because me with vSAN, I, I had a similar story as what they had in their data center. So I did a, I did my whole uh, presentation and in the end, the guy that managed it said, yeah, we need to have this. And I said, why? Because you have already some sort of architecture. Yeah, but the policies are just what makes my life easy. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and then if we link that, for example, to, um, to, the, to the AWS world, so our, our collaboration with VMC, for, well, with Amazon, our offering VMC, so VMware Cloud and AWS, uh, but also we have it with Azure, with, with GCP at this moment. 
in the end, there is Cloud Foundation running there, and Cloud Foundation is 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 the piece. Of, one of the mm-hmm. storage piece out of it is is vSAN, right? So if you have a policy on site and you have a policy somewhere in the cloud, it's exactly the same way it would it would be looking at your notes in the end. Awesome. So in the end, that is that is that is the the strategy coming to life within VMware, and you see it as well with with the with the as, as the a universal language. Yeah. You, you mean yeah. yeah, very similar mm-hmm. to to what NSX is yeah, doing. Correct. So that, yeah, uh, correct. Maybe going back to to the storage admin, yeah, it's vCenter, so you have vCenter admins correct. also. Correct. Um, do they need to know something about storage? Well, in the end, in the end, a, a good working team. Uh, so where where we, I had a, a, a CTO um, in my my previous job, and uh, we were working in the convert world already, and he was saying. Um, roles will start changing, mm. right? Mm. They will start changing, but the the level of depth of 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 technology depth, you still need people with with knowledge on how the data flow is being done, mm. right? You still need people that understand what the rate is. You mm-hmm. still need people to understand how a business can 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 benefit from resiliency within the data, and if or data resiliency in general, and if for example. Um, uh, Parts of the data need to be synced, yes or no, and how is that setup being done, and what is then the mm. the way this is being done? So his his um, his way w- w- of telling it was basically we had the silos where we had the the, the admins in the virtual world, we had the, the networking guy, security guys, but also the storage guy, and they were doing no more, no less than uh, keeping up with uh, capacity, keeping up with performance, but also keeping up with resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, what we what we now see is that the storage guys have they need to broaden their skills for mm-hmm. sure. They need to learn something about VMware. They need to some they need to to know their way around in vCenter. But the the virtual admins need to know more about storage as well because prior to this, they just got a, a volume presented. Yeah, have fun with I the volume. Because similar. and I imagine uh, again, uh, if I, I'm thinking, you you told a story about a uh, if we want to uh, change rate sets and so on, mm. and for example, yeah. the, in a traditional environment, you need to move, evacuate, mm-hmm. make sure yeah. that you uh, empty Correct. that yeah. that rate set. Do a, do a new rate, and then at that moment of time, hey, uh, I have a new volume, yeah. and then again, I can yeah. start again. But if you have a vCenter admin and he changes rate set uh, on the fly, it could impact uh, it, I so think, uh, the performance. Yeah. So, it, so for example, that's a, a best practice within vCenter. Don't don't change your policy. Mm-hmm. Well, change your policy on a VM, but don't change the policy itself system wide. Yeah? Yeah. So, for ex- and so just to give you an idea, let's go back to the three thousand VMs that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the prior example that we had. So let's say all those VMs have the same policy. And today in a change board that is decided to change the, um, the to change the the policy on those 3000 VMs, mm-hmm. right? The easiest way to do it is just change your policy. Mm-hmm. The nightmare happening in the back end is that uh, for example, uh, if you already have let's say um, uh, one VM has 200 gigs and all those 3000 VMs have 100 gig they have a rate one policy at this moment, so that's 3,000 times 100 times two because they have a rate one policy. Yeah. You cannot change it on the fly because you need to make sure that your writes coming in, they need still to be handled, right? Yeah. So you need your rate three in rate one and you need to build up a new rate three in rate five, for example. So you need a lot of space for it, yes. right? That's one, you need a lot of space. So uh, for example, 100 gig will then in the end become 133 gigs, but for the time of change, those 200 gig of the first work will, will exist yeah. plus the, plus the 133. <laughs> so they will, in the end, consume at the top of their change mm. 333 gigs of storage. Let's say you want to do that. Your recommendation is then to do it on 
X amount of VMs and not system wide? So not system wide and do it per in batches per of VMs. Okay. Right? okay. Um, right now we have uh, we have the possibility to do it in batches, so resyncs and all that stuff. Mm. But you you can imagine the pressure on the back end if you yes. if you if you start doing that yep. that sort of a, a, a yes. thing. And that's those things that, that so for me the technology itself it stores storage, right? Mm. And it's it, sorry, it stores it just stores basically data, right? That that's what it is. that's what it does. In the end, it changes a lot of the operational work. Right. And that is for me the 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 most important part of of of, of vSAN. Mm. Um, yes, it can run on uh, 100 uh, sorts of different hardware. Fine, cool. That gives our customers the choice to buy whatever they want. Uh, also, it can run in whatever cloud they want because if the, if it runs VMware, it can run there right? mm. and, and vSAN, of course. Um, so that that doesn't make that that, that doesn't um, differentiate any in any way. Uh, but the way they operate storage from their traditional way to today or vSAN, that changes the world for them. So in, in again, I'm drawing parallels to what I know. Mm -hmm. In networking world, when we talk about SDN, one of the benefits is that you can basically throw out your super smart switches mm -hmm. and replace them by dumb switches. Mm -hmm. How do you see that same kind of evolution in vSAN? Do you it's see the those same thing. the big ass boxes you mentioned? So are the, they so disappearing? So they're big the big ass so what we what I what I see happening is that so the depends on the geography, I would mm -hmm. say. So um, I'm I'm responsible for the Benelux region, so we can we can split off Belux, so Belgium and Luxembourg and, and the Netherlands, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I see I see all all sorts of use cases in the Netherlands and, and they're going from uh, management clusters to uh, big ass VDI environments to actual um, business critical applications, mm -hmm. right? So I see, I, see, I see a whole spectrum there. Um, most of them started relatively small, but jumped quite fast to the business critical, right? So that the, the, other, the other side of the spectrum, also cloud native, all the containerized stuff and all, all that stuff. So they're moving faster than, than the Belux region. And what I see, for example, in the Belux region is that um, they're moving uh, slowly, right? What else is new? Uh, yeah, so, but they're slowly, and I mean with, without. So, the, uh, everyone where I'm talking to in Belgium and Luxembourg, they want to know the inside out before they jump, mm -hmm. right? In other regions, they just jump. Yeah. Is that is that because they're scared that they don't understand the technology? Uh, uh, what what do you think? Uh, I, th I think it it has a, it's a mix of, of of different things, but it's uh, it's I think in our nature is a, a conservative way of thinking, mm -hmm. right? And we also uh, always need to make some sort of compromise within our, this country, uh, also within companies. So uh, apparently people, we, we live on top of compromises. I, I, sorry to interrupt you there, but I, I think it largely, it, it's not a technological discussion. No. I think it largely has to do with, with, with what we discussed before in, mm -hmm. in terms of roles and, and, and silos. Correct. And it's those responsibility tied to the people working in those silos, Correct. and they want to don't want to let it go from from like a job protection Might, po yeah. point of view. And not every organization, especially in the Belux region, is is ready to. Um, let, let's say it otherwise. Our technology is becoming converged more and more Correct. converged. Yeah. Everything is coming together, mm -hmm. while the roles managing that are not. Correct. So those roles need to change to yes. a more converged, as you said, yeah. a pool of resources. Common goals, uh, same same thing as that we are uh, doing with our technology. We make it a pool of resources. Yeah, and and I have the feeling that uh, whenever we pitch something like policy driven as SDN or storage mm -hmm. or yeah. whatever it might be, everybody understands the value there. Everybody's on board. Yeah, but the pushback that I get, and I'm assume I'm assuming same you thing. get a similar pushback, is 
how do we operationalize yeah. this? So I know the answer from my part, but from your part, how do you bring those people together for a common goal or it's not easy it's not easy. it's a, it's no. a very hard it's very hard work to bring those people together and to even let so for example let people start to talk the same language mm-hmm. because um when i was for example selling a traditional storage it could grow to x amount of discs mm-hmm. and x amount of performance right now i get the question from the storage architects um stan how big can this mickey mouse storage of your get Right, because that's 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 how they look at mm-hmm, software mm-hmm, defined, right? That sums it up. Eh? Yeah. yeah. So, th- so that so that, that is that is how they how they do it. So and, I, and then my answer is okay, nice. Let's let's start looking at the vSphere architecture, then. Mm-hmm. and then they're lost because then I'm starting to talk about hosts, another, another language. Yeah. Then I'm talking. I'm 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 saying okay, this, so 64 hosts in one cluster, right? What's a host? Mm-hmm. Right. That that's mm-hmm. the question you mm-hmm. get. And then we start to go into their world, right? So if you get 64 hosts times 35 disks in one uh, server with a capacity of let's let's even not take the big mm-hmm. disks these these days let's take three four terabytes you end up at a gigantic amount of storage mm-hmm. the question i ask then is but dear mr storage architect do you want your vsphere cluster to be this big and they're completely lost because yeah. they don't they don't tell they, 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 they have no idea they have no, no idea yeah. and you see people starting to smile in the room because mm-hmm. those guys they know what you're talking about mm-hmm. they know oh this guy this guy says now that our clusters need to be smaller mm-hmm. and our clusters can be smaller and that creates maybe a, f- a smaller fault domain if yep. you would call it like that um so if something fails percentage wise there is less the impact. impact is less yeah right? Storage architects think completely different, yeah. and once the penny drops, then they then they then they're on board and they see the the, the added value. Mm-hmm. Before the penny drops, it's hard work. It's so mm-hmm. funny to see that we have very similar conversations when it comes sure. to SDN and and vSAN towards how to operationalize sure. where the responsibilities I, lie. I spend I spend a lot of time now because I I, I see people um, thinking about uh, about vSAN completely different than traditional storage. Which is which is a good thing, but which is a bad thing as well, because some people think at uh, 100% capacity, I can still store 110% capacity, which is physically not possible, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they 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 they, in my in my view, they they say, well, st- the storage is software defined. I'm I'm all good, right? So it will look after itself and it's self-driving like a Tesla, right? Yeah, but yeah. no, you still need to do proper capacity management. You still need to do proper performance management. If you don't do it. You will hit the wall, yeah. whatever in whatever shape or form. If if you're just reading your paper behind the uh, behind the wheel in the Tesla, maybe someday you'll hit the hit the wall because there is an error. Somewhere maybe in the maybe system. a question then. Uh, I have the feeling, or I had the feeling, that uh, storage capacity management was easier in a traditional way than if we do it in a distributed way. Is it the cor- correct assumption, or do I uh, see it deep, deep, totally wrong? Deep, depends. Explain why you see it differently. Yeah, uh, why do I see it differently? Because you have your volumes, your rates, etc. You have mm-hmm. your storage management, you have VMDKs. You could do uh, TIN provisioning, you could do that in your mm-hmm. storage, or you could do it like VM VM, and so on. So I would say, let's do it on the storage, then you have everything mm-hmm. in, in, in under control. 
if you look at hyperconverged, it's like, okay, um, I need more vision in what is happening, but you do mm-hmm. not know where your storage is placed, it's distributed, and so so maybe there, it's a feeling, or maybe is it's... That, is that important to know where the storage yeah. is? No, yeah. but but it could be uh, in, in, in visualization and so on, and in monitoring on, okay, how far sure. I'm along. It could be, to be to an be, insight, just a feeling on, on I, I how I would expect stuff. that's part of the... Product. To be honest, so so everything, so the, the monitoring pieces of the monitoring are are within vCenter. The most important pieces are mm-hmm. in vCenter. So um, that's a good thing from a VMware point of view that they don't need to learn something new. Mm. So yeah, the storage admin do. Well, the storage admin do, but in the end, they need to come up and they need to they need to know the flow behind the storage. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to understand how this is different compared to what they had prior. Um, in the end, from a capacity point of view, most of it is within within vCenter. Mm. Uh, even better, we're now bringing in vROPS dashboards within vCenter. Uh, so we're now, um, um, as of six seven, I think it was, um, we uh, we brought three data three um, dashboards, static dashboards from vROPS inside v- vCenter. Uh, without our customer need to pay for a full yeah, vROPS. Uh, installation. Of course, the the next step is vROPS. Right? Yeah, the full. Uh, but 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 in but in the end. In the end, if you look at, for example, uh, capacity management, performance management, uh, uh, what's happening at this moment, why there is there is, why there is a, a queue of, of data waiting to be written, it's all data you can see in, okay. inside inside but Perhaps, because I have another question, perhaps a bit of a different angle, again, pet my pet peeve, security. Mm-hmm. Is, and if, if, there, if, if there is none, it's also a valid answer, but does vSAN in whatever way increase security it increases security depending on what you're doing so uh, so to, to answer a completely complete security answer yes we do encryption for example right it doesn't increase it but in the end we we, we I, I would assume those legacy boxes we talked about also do well depending on how you look at it because they so those 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 disks those disks inside those uh, those storage boxes <coughs> were <coughs> sorry were, um, for example, self-encrypting drives. Mm. So when you when you write something, the disk itself encrypted mm. it and um, and then wrote it down. Right? Um, we are not doing anything with self-encrypting drives. Mm-hmm. Why? They're just crap. Right? They, they uh, what? What's the? And this is a total noob question, but huh? what's the function of a self? It's not that you're going to lose that drive. Well, it depends. Depends in the, so. Same same thing same thing with vSAN. Huh? So know what you're encrypting, because if you're encrypting um, the vSAN layer, you're protecting yourself against physical theft. Exactly, that's my point. So it's it's one big box with X amounts of drives. Yeah, nobody's going to take that box but apart. Even, even within vSAN, huh? so even within vSAN, we do encryption, but in the end, we're basically encrypting the data on those drives. So what are we actually protecting ourselves against? Is against somebody stealing physical a physical theft. drive? Yeah. Now is that, is that a thing? <laughs> no, but 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 just 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 imagine um, me as an uh, as a company. I don't have a data center in my company, oh, so okay. I outsourced yeah, it obviously. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's a thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, why we uh, why we have this encryption is because of uh, uh, governmental. Mm. Request mm. because right now, mm-hmm. uh, especially for example in the states, they're basically building data centers for the f- for federal government only, mm. right? And then their offerings, for example, with AWS. How how do I, if you don't want to go into much detail, 
we can talk about something else, but how do I need to see the, the encryption part? So um, is it on a, it probably is, I'm probably answering my own question, but is it on a per VM basis? So can one VM that has nothing to do with storage of another VM cannot contact that storage because it is encrypted or? or no, so we're doing data at risk encryption. Okay. Meaning, so you need to understand the, the, the way the way that the, the, the architecture of vSAN works at that okay. moment. So um, we are working with uh, what we call disk groups, mm -hmm. right? And a disk group consists at, so we can have uh, five of them in one host, mm -hmm. right? That, that's just the minimum maximum, one up to five. And you need that in one disk group, we need one cache drive. Okay. And then at least one capacity drive up to uh, seven. Mm -hmm. Right. In the end, that comes up to thirty-five disks, as I said before. Yeah. But how the um, the flow goes for encrypting is basically a VM sends data mm -hmm. unencrypted. Mm -hmm. Right. Once it gets on the cache layer, it's been encrypted. Mm -hmm. Now, where does the, the the key live? Right. The key lives on the disk, but we get the key from a KMS server. It's outside our our um, uh, our uh, vSAN cluster, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so we are not the ones holding the keys, right? Or uh, rekeying the yeah, the whole yeah. the whole thing. The moment the VM um, writes something, that's the moment we would encrypt it. Okay. Right. So it's being encrypted in the cache at in the cache, cache layer. In the okay. cache layer. Now there is another storage thing which so is it means encrypted in the cache layer when it goes to the capacity layer or already no no it's a, so when, the, when when it's written it's been okay. encrypted right so first thing it hits the it's a, cache. a disk yeah. it's been encrypted there is a second thing in storage that lives is dedupe and compression which has nothing to do with security but there is a there is one thing that you uh, need to understand when you use dedupe and compression and encryption if you use encryption you make a unique file. Mm -hmm. So the problem is you can't do the mm -hmm, compression. Mm -hmm. So second part of my story uh, adds to the DDP compression. What we are doing is we are, and to, to help DDP compress at the same moment we do encryption, is we unencrypt it, we DDP compress it, and then we encrypt it again when we do when we move it from the cache layer to uh, the capacity layer. That, that's the thing that I knew about. Is, yeah. is, is, is that unique to, to VSAN? Is that something? No, that, well, what, what do you mean unique? How we do it or what we do or? No, as compared to traditional storage. Ah, traditional storage has also data address encryption if you want. Sure. Right, so, uh, and they do it differently or they do it the same sort of way as we are doing okay. it, uh, but depends. Most of the time we did it with self-encrypting disks and stuff like that. And okay. uh, to be honest, I never sold one. <laughs> that, that's it, so never. So never sold on any self-encrypting drive. Is it fair to say that it's simply something baked in into the product and you don't need to lie awake at night because it's happening by default? Or So it's, or it's happening by default. And to answer your question, because that was part of your question, is it every VM? It's a cluster-wide feature. So if you turn it on, it's okay. for everyone. Okay. Right? If you want to do it, and there are multiple ways to do encryption within VMware, right? You could wait, also... Wait, come, wait, step... One step back. Okay, one step it's back. It's system-wide. It's cluster-wide. Cluster-wide, yeah. One key per cluster? No. Oh, so, so every key per key, VM every, or? Every disk has a key. Every disk has a key. Which makes sense. Because it's per disk encryption. It's not per but VM. Not, not it, it encrypts the data on the disks. Yeah, yeah. So the disk needs to have a key. So it's the, the, the several similar uh, level. Per disk group or per disk? Per disk. Holy. So it's a similar level of, of security than we had before, but now simply software driven. Yeah. And, and so that's also within the philosophy of VMware. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring everything into the software. Yeah. 
Um, also, for example, going for example into the use case of VMC, for example, we're using the KMS of AWS. We're yeah. not bringing our own key management system. I'll rephrase that. So let's say you have an, an, an environment that's not vSAN ready or, or vSAN mm. enabled, and I migrate a VM from that environment to a vSAN enabled environment. Mm. By doing that, I automatically protect that data. Is that no, correct statement? No. So, so en en uh, encryption is not on by default. Yeah, assuming it is, assuming that the environment that I'm going to has this okay, encryption yeah. in place. But then, then you would you would storage vMotion it. Yeah. So, so you the would moment you storage vMotion, you would enable encryption. Then, then does the okay. moment you uh, so so you you will pick up data from um, uh, storage box A okay. and you will move it to vSAN. The data needs to be written. Same process yeah, kicks yeah. in because yeah. the moment you write it, it ends up on cache. It's been encrypted. It will be destaged up after a certain time. And then it's it different than a normal vMotion or? No, storage motion is basically picking up the storage. Yeah, right. The, the, where, the, where the, the virtual disk. Yeah, 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 that's it. So we're picking up the virtual disk and store them within. A, within. A I see. Okay. And I can assume it, it will ask for policy then, yeah. because you're moving it from or, traditional or it destination or, policy, yeah. or, or it will, or it will or the uh, default apply the default policy, which is an FTT one, uh, so fail to tolerate, so mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. then the, how many failures do I want to tolerate before I start losing data, right? Mm. Uh, in uh, one, so one failure in RAID one. That's the default policy, mm -hmm. right? Um, we can have um, failures to tolerate two, three, if you want, in RAID 1. Uh, and we have an, in RAID 5, we have it in uh, so 1. And then the second failure is RAID 6, which makes them two paradigms yeah. instead of one. Okay. We already talked a little bit about enterprise-graded features like encryption, DDoP, mm -hmm. and so on. Um, maybe a bit about stretch clustering and so on? Uh, well, it makes sense also from, an, uh, from a resiliency point of view yeah. because yeah. Depending, depending on how, um, how a customer um, wants to have his data protected, he can uh, pick and choose, do I want to sync it to a second site, yes or no? Right? There are two ways, and it's also in traditional world, um, there are two ways we do it. A you can do it asynchronously mm -hmm. right? or you can do it synchronously. Right? A stretch cluster would imply that you if you write data, if your VM needs to write data, it writes data on the one side, or it hits the policy, and the policy says, um, I need to have it stretched, so I push it over the wire to the second side, right? There is a proxy that says, ah, hold on a second, I have an FT of one, RAID one, mm -hmm. so I need to have two copies here of this data. J just for sake of completeness, a stretch cluster. Yes. Is it two different vCenters, or is no, it one vCenter one, one across big v different sites? One big vCenter. Okay, good. Um, so, so uh, same policy. The same policy. Yeah. yeah. So same policy. So the the FTT of one would then add stretch. Mm -hmm. Right. So in the end, the second side has a as a proxy determined says, okay, uh, I need to have two copies of this piece of data. I write two copies. I acknowledge back. Normally, this, the first side would be uh, done a little bit earlier. Why? Because it doesn't have the it's transfer. Local, right? yeah, yeah. So um, that one has the acknowledge already ready. At that moment, the two acknowledges become one to the application or to the VM. Okay. Can you can you set preferred sites, for example, if you, if you want your application to run in data center A? Yeah, so then 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 you have a then you have a combination of two things because um, you talk about applications, so you talk about the VM, yeah, right. Um, you can um, that that's not even a vSAN feature. You can link or, or or lock a VM on one side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. From a from a DRS point of view mm -hmm. and so on and so on. Um, you can determine a preferred site. For example, um, let's say I have an FTT of one, so fit tolerate rate um, one, rate one, for example, um, and then I can add it instead of stretched. I can say 
in a stretched environment, keep it on my preferred side. Okay, I see. Right? Yeah. But then you would only write the data onto your preferred side. Yeah, not, not duplicated to the, right? yeah. So, and that way you can keep data uh, left and right. Local, yeah. But of course, if you, um, if you do that, you could create yourself an unbalanced cluster because you would, for example, host more data on side yeah. one than on side two. Yeah. So again, operationally, um, you need to have proper capacity management and performance management in that, place. That always comes because back. Because otherwise, you just hit the wall. Your 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 basic um, plumbing yeah. <laughs> needs to be done. Needs yeah. to be yeah. still intact. Uh, yeah. And and what are the requirements or prerequisites uh, around stretch clustering then? Because I can imagine that latency and so, so on yeah, the, the are lat- quite important. The latency between the sites, mm. right? So um, we have um, uh, between the sites, so A and B, um, that n- cannot go over five milliseconds round trip, so two and a half, two and a half, up and down, right? That's okay, that's that's, uh, that's fast. That's fast. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, that, so that means that they really need to be close together. Yeah. Uh, well, close. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more, more, it's it's more I, I, for metro pooling then, and not yeah, so much well, global. You, you uh, can, no, no, more no, campus so, wide. So, so campus. Well, yeah. okay, there are there are there are more no, there campus. are a lot of a lot of a lot of customers running it. For example, Antwerp, Brussels, for example. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Which that's hundred. Well, not even it's 60, And maybe the 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 wire length is then maybe seventy five or whatever. Yeah, right. It's still okay. So which is which is still okay? Um, if you go a little bit over it, fine. You're if you're six seven, it, 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 it will not stop working. Mm. But your VM will need to wait before it can continue working. Sure. So potentially there is latency building up as well if you have a very busy environment. So we. We, we discussed enterprise features, we discussed stretch clusters, mm-hmm. metro pooling, stuff like that. One of the things we're doing with SDN is, is um, um, saying goodbye to vCenter, basically, or mm-hmm. less of always less um, dependency on, on, on vCenter. vCenter. You mentioned, yeah. mentioned vCenter qu- quite a yeah. lot. Um, how, how do you do this for hybrid? Uh, environments we don't we, you don't we don't so so and, uh, and any other so the v, the vSAN code is basically baked into vSphere okay right so uh, if you so, so hybrid could imply VMC for instance yeah but that would be a different cluster then so that will be a different cluster and the, but the, okay hold on what's your definition yeah, of yeah I thought I, I, I saw it in your eyes <laughs> that you were going to ask that um, broad definition I, uh-huh. I would say uh, as as soon as you have something running elsewhere, for mm-hmm. me that's hybrid. Wh- okay. Whatever that elsewhere is, mm-hmm. if if VMware there is still the common glue, then I suppose vSAN has proper value there. Mm-hmm. If there's no VMware, no vSphere, as you mentioned, yeah. like native AWS, native vSAN does not play a role. VSAN doesn't play a role. Okay, there, no. okay. So v, v so vSAN is um, basically is attached. To, to vSphere. Every, to v, everything vSphere. Okay. Yeah. But coming back to the VMC use case, uh, VMC is running on hardware of that specific mm-hmm. private cloud uh, mm-hmm. vendor. Public. Uh, sorry, public cloud, correct? Mm-hmm. That's okay. Uh, can can we somehow leverage the, the elastic storage behind yes. that? Or So uh, so that, that that's a unique collaboration with, with, with AWS we have. So, okay, um, cool. so, so AWS has a lot of... Uh, storage offerings. Huh? So yes. they have S3 and they have S3 in, I think, seven flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also have EBS, EFS, uh, all, all the all the storage flavors in, inside inside Amazon. Um, depending how you, which host you're using, 
there are local discs attached, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Right? If you have local discs, the same thing applied, this group, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's just That's somebody same, else's same server. Thing, right? yeah. Same thing. But the offering EBS, so elastic block storage, yes. is something we can attach to a host that has no discs in there. Great. So what happens is that uh, we now have um, a gigantic pool of storage in the backend, right? Uh, which EBS is, I don't, know, I don't know how many petabytes it's holding, but it's gigantic. Yeah. And what we are now doing is we're basically um, using vSAN as a, a layer, right? But in the end, we're, um, we are now using EBS volumes uh, to have the cache layer yeah. and to have the disk group in the backend. Great. Right? So we can grow, for example, one host to 35 terabytes wow. there, right? In one host, right? <laughs> now, imagine you are doing this on-prem. You have a 35 terabyte host, yeah. right? And that host fails, <laughs> right? <laughs> then you need to push 35 terabytes over a wire, mm-hmm. right? And it can come out of the cluster, right? So let's say you have 50, uh, f- 15 hosts in one cluster. You have now 14 because one crashed. You need to have the cluster restoring to a place somewhere in your in your in your cluster. Mm-hmm. And that's 35 terabytes. So in the backend you put pressure on your network because you're resyncing your data. Doing it over a 10 gig network. Let's say you have a dedicated line, you only have 10 gig for the restore. Mm-hmm. That takes you hours to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? So back to the VMC use case. If you have an host failure within VMC on AWS EBS volumes attached to it, we couldn't care less. Yeah. Because in the end, what we are doing, we are detaching it's, it's, EBS volumes. Yeah, exactly. We are attaching a new host, and that's it's just, up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's basically like like uh, like towing a, a car, right, or whatever. Mm. So yeah, you, put you, it you just you just cars, detach yeah. it, and yeah. you just attach to another car, and you just continue yeah, driving. Awesome. So that is that is that is of course the flexibility that you create within the public cloud. So yeah. so at that moment, you don't need to wait, or you're being hours at risk. You are basically minutes at risk. Mm. Second thing that VMC adds is also capacity, for example. Well, I mean, not gigantic amount of capacity, but capacity management. Mm-hmm. If we see, it's not only a vSAN thing, but if we see vSphere, for example, um, going over um, a certain limit from a CPU point of view or a yeah. memory point of view, we'll add a host. Mm-hmm. Same thing with vSAN. If, yeah. we, if we see it goes above best practice, which is then 70, 75% full, right? Then we'll just add a host. Mm. And, and those are guardrails that you put in place correct. up, up front, or yeah, correct. I assume? Okay. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. Maybe another question. Um, what about physical world? I've, this is amazing if customers are fully virtualized, mm-hmm. I correct. can imagine. Um, do we have solutions around they have 90% virtualized and yeah. 10% physical, but they still do they still need to buy a physical box then? That, that uh, was that the, uh, that was th- that's the argument to do iSCSI. Uh, so we have an iSCSI offering, so we could expose the vSAN data store as oh, an iSCSI wow. target. Oh, wow, that's great. So in that case, you could, for example, have the corner case of an Oracle database, yeah. for example, um, that is uh, that is still uh, bare metal installed, but you could consume vSAN in the backend. That's awesome. I didn't, is, I didn't know that. No, you didn't know that. Okay, that, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's one yeah, of the key okay. features. Uh, well, key features, that's one of the features that we have. And that's also the idea behind it, because um, we could also add, for example, what about files? Mm-hmm. Because files at this moment is is yeah you could run so for example let's let's use a very traditional way you could have for example a a Windows a Windows machine accessing storage in the backend vSAN storage and then exposing that as a file share for example okay right so at this moment this is the way we we expose file shares right the idea that we have or the 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 
the way that we are thinking is that we should expose files out of Visa. Directly? So directly out of Visa. As a service? As a ser yeah. So oh, we, wow. we, we become basically a layer that exposes all different sorts of storage. So, so you can I have mean, file I mean, server you could SMB or something. That's it. So so yeah. as of, for example, we will then have uh, a possibility to to uh, have NFS or SMB to the file, right? We have block with SCSI. Okay. And then stupid, we have stupid question. Stu stupid question time. How is that exposed to the other VMs like an SMB share and, and a so what's the name of the host and what is it an IP address? That's or it's or an IP address. So, uh, we will, so the idea, uh, the idea, and that's of course it's 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 it's, it's something that we that is still coming, uh, right? So, but the normal way of exposing it would be that you have a global IP, yeah, a virtual IP, or oh, something wow. and, uh, yeah. and then you connect to that IP, and in the backend it's been and distributed over over cool. multiple IPs. That's that's awesome. But that's the way that's the way uh, uh, NAS. Always work, right? Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. connect to one but and then... Uh, same, same thing with SCSI, by the way. Obviously, but I didn't know that was a, a thing that yeah, Nissan sure. could do. Well, not yet, huh? so not yet. We can't, we can't, we're going not to there be yet. able to do. Yeah, but so we're, uh, so that, that there is a, there's a, the VMworld sessions all, all, all over the place to do those, oh, great. Uh, those things as well. Great. So th these things are, are also happening. So what we're now creating ourselves is basically data data management or yeah. data... data one, one point where you can access all data types. And maybe a topic that we didn't talk about yet is uh, backup. Mm. Because um, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you had one block, traditional, hey, connected to that, uh, snapshot things, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. and you have a really easy target to backup. Yeah, but correct. now your data is yeah, distributed all, all again. But yeah. How do you do it in yeah, backup-wise? Uh, so in the end, there's not, not a lot changing because you're still talking to the vCenter APIs. To mm. backup, mm. Yeah. V, v Center sees it as virtual disks. Yeah, sees it as, as, sees it as, as before as, as a face and data store. As, yeah, as but as it needs to get the data across of, yeah. the different hosts. Yeah, but in the end, in the end, it yeah, it's the same amount of data. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. And oh, and the way and the way you're thinking or talking to uh, so the way a backup vendor is talking to vSAN is basically over the vCenter API. Yeah, similar as it would before. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So that, uh, that that there's not a lot of changes there. I heard a rumor that we are bringing back a certain salute. You're nothing, no. Uh, but uh, you, I heard a rumor. You can for the rumor destroy. You can destroy the rumor. For 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 now for now for now let's say there is no rumor. Uh, <laughs> okay. What rumor? So, well, well so, uh, I didn't uh, pronounce the word. So uh, no, no, no. But uh, no, for, for now, for now, uh, for now, it's uh, it, it's it's there's still talks, but it's 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 something that is in the distant. Yeah. So, so uh, further, further than uh, if you would try to protect two sites, then with a third site, uh, for example, if you want to do, uh, then it would be vSphere replication or something. Uh, or like uh, with a third side, yes, it would be, for example, vSphere replication. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was saying in the beginning uh, of stretch clustering. You mm -hmm. have a second thing as well with, with vSphere replication, for example, where you have, for example, yeah. the delta sync every five minutes. But of course, then you haven't. Uh, so we're talking RPO, RTO at that moment. Yeah, that's so not really backup. It's so more high availability. No, that's it. Yeah. So, that your, so your point would be five minutes old if you sync it, right? So for example, let's say I just synced it and I fail on one side. That's okay because then I just synced it. But if, if, if it's at the end of, uh, let's say, four minutes and uh, 59 seconds, and then my first side crashes, and yeah, then the data on the second side is five minutes old. Mm. Yeah, and maybe an old school tool uh, on top of that with SRM uh, and well, orchestration that, that, around that the software so, so recovery. At, at yeah. that moment, at that moment, SRM starts playing around. And we're, we're on top of the hour already, so yeah. so. But uh, but we are so the um, so SRM starts playing a role uh, in those use cases. Why? Because you're 
you, you need to be centered at that moment. Mm. So, so you 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 would you would have um, you would have a different way of of exp doing a workflow basically to get your environment back up and running. In a such cluster, it's HA. It's just yeah. plain HA, which happens every day, maybe yeah. in your data center. Okay. Right. So, um, what's May the future of, of vSAN? Yeah. How, do, how do you see this evolving? Is, well, it, is it done? Is it now? I think uh, so. For so how I see it, so I, I, I've been within VMware for two and a half years now. So I came on board with at the end of six five six six, beginning of six six, um, and what I saw at that moment is that we we had a lot of catching up to do. Okay. Two years ago, so getting on par with the um, traditional storage vendors. Okay. So, for example, it was already there, but uh, encryption was not there. For example, mm -hmm. uh, DDP compression was there, but it, th there were some ads that we could do. Uh, and right, right now, what I see happening is that uh, we're more than on par with 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 um, with traditional storage vendors. Right, we're we're basically at the same level of them. Right. So now it's our job to change well, the, the future. Right now, it's our job to basically tweak under the hood to okay. make our product better. Sure. Right. So uh, what are we working on? What are we doing? 6.7 U3 just got released. We we are now um, doing faster resyncs, for example. Okay. Uh, why? Because we just rewritten the stack yeah. to do that. Um, we are um, we are doing multiple st multiple things that give our customers a big advantage. Mm -hmm. And that's also the beauty of putting everything into storage. Mm -hmm. Because uh, so when I <laughs> worked at a, at a uh, storage company before, um, we had a, a new and shiny box with software on it. Yeah. Uh, but and compression, for example, was not yet there mm -hmm. at that moment. But it would come. We was on the roadmap. Would come. When it came, it dropped performance by thirty percent. Right? That's not a good story. No. Right. Mm -hmm. So, what we are doing now is we're basically putting everything into 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 software, and of course, some things have a bigger penalty from a overhead point of view than than other things. But in the end, if you can just twist and tune a little bit of the of the of the underlying components, mm -hmm. and you increase your performance in the backend, that's just gigantic. That's yes. one thing. Second thing is bring some new features. For example, the files. Mm -hmm. Right. And then uh, a, a third thing is operationally make it super easy to work with. Okay. Right. So there are three three major things basically under the water and things that are above water. Uh, those things are, are what we are working for uh, working on at this moment. And of course, uh, I'm sure that there's more things coming. Uh, and 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 are they all um, uh, completely new things? No. Are they things that we basically adapt to what customers are requesting yes mm. improving yeah improving. So for example putting guardrails mm. in place that to un to uh, not enable but make a customer unable to for example uh, drive over a capacity limit yeah, yeah. Mm. right because then at that moment it just stops mm. right great so all these things are these these things are not new anymore mm. right um the things that are now um uh, being worked on, or what, what I see happening within my business unit is that we are now integrating more and more uh, of the of the work into Cloud Foundation as well. Mm -hmm. So that becomes one big entity as well. And I think uh, if you look at the clouds at this moment, Cloud Foundation is the next thing that we are working on. Well, the next thing, the thing that we see everywhere, mm -hmm. the strategies we see everywhere, mm. right? And in the end, that is that is that is a, from what I believe um, where Vsen will. Will 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 be basically fitting in. However, you think about it, it it's an it's a super easy way to embrace a hybrid. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And maybe uh, we can have a, a, a cloud foundation chat uh, in another podcast as well. Let's do that. that. That's yeah. uh, I think an, an, a very from a technological point of view, there is 
nothing as unsexy as uh, booting a booting a, a computer. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> nothing as unsexy as booting a computer. But from a from a keeping up point of view and, and operationalizing that that is just the way that mm, people mm. should start looking at it. So, do people need to look where storage is? No. Do they need to understand how they need to operate it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. That's exactly what it is. It's in line with how we discussed the roles earlier. Yeah. 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 Great stuff. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I think if, if you, well, maybe you have still questions, but then we do a part two. Uh, but uh, with that, I would, uh, if you're uh, all good with it, uh, we'll conclude this uh, this little podcast. Perfect. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Fredericks, to um, to be part of the conversation and to ask a lot of uh, lot of questions. And uh, some of them were noobs. Some of them were really, really good. So uh, so uh, thanks uh, thanks again for, uh, for asking the questions. So thanks for listening, and uh, let's uh, talk soon. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.